We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another edition of Mind of My Money presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready. Martin Palomo joins me today. It'll be a pretty short show. We both have uh, kind of weird Thursdays that hit us a little bit with uh, Martin had some stuff going on. I had a kind of a little mid-morning crisis hit me, but we're, we're, we're navigating through it and here we are. So uh, we're going to bring you a show. We're going to talk a little bit about last night's debate. I have seen snippets and some highlights. I think Martin saw a lot more of it. So it'll be fun. We'll sort of switch yeah. We'll sort of switch roles a little bit, and he'll be the one that gives a lot of the analysis, and I'll give some reaction. So that'll be good. Uh, first, I'll tell you real fast. Keep it real short. Clark Ford, 662-257-1900. I'm in the Clark Ford Studios. If you're in the market for a vehicle, even if you're not sure you want a Ford, call that number. Ask for Corey, and uh, let him at least give you some advice. The car market's kind of weird right now. It's been weird for a little bit. So uh, get in touch with him. And um, at least make sure tell him, hey, I listened to Mind of My Money. I heard you on Mind of My Money. They talk about you on Mind of My Money. Is this a good deal? He'll help you. Uh, and Martin, what's going on at Pinnacle? Man, I'm, I'm going to keep it somewhat short, too. <clears throat> We're business as usual right now. Um, and But if folks are <clears throat> you know, wanting to talk to someone, of they either didn't have some cash that they've come into, whether it's a retirement, changing jobs, uh, you know, negative connotations, a death, divorce, uh, or something like that, give us a call 601-957-0323 or email us at info at mypinnwealth.com. Mypinnwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N-Wealth.com. There you go. Words are hard today, man. Sometimes I get it. Uh, I'm in one of those days where there's a whole lot of words, and so I'm I'm just kind of rolling right along. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the debate. It sounds like it was a circus. It was an absolute circuit. I don't, I mean, I was really excited about this debate, man. Um, and honestly, it was kind of boring to, if I can be complete, that's my, that is my initial gut reaction. It was, it was really boring and I, it was boring because it was just chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, man. Uh, I, I will say Nikki Haley was really firing on all cylinders right until the end, man. I really did not like her attacking Tim Scott. Um, and I don't know if that's just a me because I like Tim Scott, but it just, it also felt weird that they're both, you know, both South Carolinians, um, they have to work together and, uh, and dude, she pounced on him and, uh, but you know what? Tim Scott actually kind of came back. He did something very un Tim, Tim Scott, which was, uh, he pounced back 
And it was kind of nasty, man. I'm going to focus in on those two and we'll talk about the others. But at the end of the debate, you know, he was shaking everyone's hand and he was trying to make his way to Nikki Haley, who was also shaking other people's hands. And as he was like approaching her, um, you know, from she had her back to him and she was kind of moving stage right, which would be to your left as a viewer. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden she shifts and goes to stage left, which is your right as a viewer and just completely ghosted Tim Scott. Didn't shake his hand, shook everyone else's hand on the stage, did not shake Tim Scott's hand. I thought that was a really bad look for Nikki Haley. What's What um, was that about? Do you know? Dude, well, it was, you know, so she kind of pounced on him, man. Um, she pounced on him a little bit about, you know, um, being, uh, I guess, not a part of the the solution in D.C. And then uh, and then he kind of, you know, what his comment to her was, you know, well, um, you know, Nikki never ne- Nikki never sniffed a federal dollar she didn't like. And he <laughs> was really talking about the <laughs> I know it was kind of funny, man. Uh, he was talking about the 10 cent gas tax that she, you know, put, uh, that she put on the, on gasoline and in South Carolina. And she was trying to, you know, uh, justify and rationalize the, why she did it. And then he told her, you know, Hey, when you were the ambassador, uh, you know, you had $50,000 curtains in your house. So like, I, if we're talking about being, you know, uh, I guess having some austerity with money, you're not one to be talking and then it just kind of it turned ugly man and i don't i think tim scott handled himself well i don't think nikki haley handled herself very well um and i think she really got real emotional uh and and for me it was the it wasn't the word the exchange i mean the exchange was kind of kind of gross but it was the not shaking tim scott's hand at the end of the debate which really i was like man are we being petty uh and that's not a good look for someone that's trying to be presidential man um we have enough pettiness between the two clowns that are our octogenarians you know right now i actually want i want to i want a real human i know i'm in office i i feel like a broken record i i don't know how we i don't know how we it feels like you're in like a boat and you're going out into the ocean and there's this giant storm looming you see yes. and you're like you know shouldn't we turn around no let's keep going no we'll get through it and then there's like it's like i think that's a hurricane that's coming at us no we'll be all right and then there's like great white sharks jumping out of the water and they're just and eating everybody's heads and they're like you see hey, the boat ahead of us they just ate the whole boat yeah they're all dead oh we're let's sure keep going go here we'll just keep yeah we'll, we'll man through it I, I don't understand. I mean, we have this. I, I beat it up every time. I'm, I'm very frustrated with myself. We have, well, we have, and, and Trump's in more trouble now. Is and people go, it's a political witch hunt. I'm like, I get it, but it's more trouble. And at some point, you wonder, well, do you want really? Do you really want to put a guy in the White House who they just are going to attack and attack and attack and attack? And on the other side, you've got. It's kind of interesting to watch the parallel tracks. On one side, you've got the Republicans. No one can get momentum, not Ron DeSantis, not Nikki Haley. No matter what happens, Trump's lead just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, yeah. bigger and bigger. And then on the other side, you see the panic. The uh, ABC Washington Post uh, poll came out 
last weekend that put Trump up 10. Now, Trump's not leading by 10. There's obviously something wrong with the methodology in the poll. But it shows you that Trump's way ahead of where he was at this time for the 2016 election and way ahead of where he was at this time for the 2020 election. And so you see the Democrats on one hand going, you know, we're running out of time here. We probably ought to figure some, some an, an alternative out. Maybe it's maybe it's Gavin Newsom who's about to debate Ron DeSantis for some. Yeah, reason. I'm I'm a little confused. I mean, I'm kind of excited to watch it, but I'm a little confused on why they're doing this. And Unless like, it's just that they're. He says it shows you how out of touch DeSantis is that he would run against me because I'm not running for president. It shows you, and I'm like, so now you're going to talk trash about him after he's agreed to. So weird. We we, yeah. we politics are so weird. And, dude, I thought DeSantis actually, you know, didn't cause himself any harm yesterday. Um, you know, one of the things he did say, too, that kind of stuck out was he's like, polls don't elect presidents. Voters do. And that's when he was calling Trump out, saying, like, hey, he should be here debating. He should be here defending his uh, record and talking about issues, which I do agree with. Um, I mean, obviously, I know his political strategists are going to say, hey, uh, we put him in the ring and we take risk of you know, losing points right now, him outside of the ring, uh, he's leading by a long shot. I mean, there's not a, there's no one close in, in second, but you know, Doug Burgum, dude, every time this guy's on stage, I like him more. Uh, he is, uh, in my opinion, I think the, the people, this is just my view. Of course, the, the really, really smart political people will probably tell you something different. Doug's, I mean, Doug Burgum's, I almost called him Doug Scott, <laughs> Tim, Tim Scott and Doug Burgum, uh, both of their stock went up in my, in my eyes. And then Ramaswamy kind of took a little bit of a different path, man. He, uh, he tried to stay, you know, pretty, uh, talking on just direct issues. Um, he went, kind of went away from the, um, you know, all of these people up on stage have been bought and sold, which is what he said you know, in the first debate to, it was kind of an arrogant comment, but it was kind of funny too. He said, you know, some of these people on stage, I will let work in my cabinet. They're good people. I was just like, dang, man. (laughs) So I don't know, man. I kind of like Ramaswamy too. He's, you know, he's, uh, he's real punchy, but man, it's just so much of, uh, I don't know. There's the good parts of Trump that I see in him, like economic policy, things like that. They're, Nikki Haley really hammered him on his um, business background, his business his past, you know, having a joint venture with the Chinese government and one of his um, former ph- former pharmaceutical businesses. But he, I thought he handled that pretty well, saying, you know, he got out of business with the Chinese because uh, he, he understood intimately how they work uh, and he didn't like what he saw. So got out of business with him. But then, you know, Nikki Haley was like, yeah, just in time to run for president. I was like, damn, she got him. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, man, I think Pence fell flat, dude. Again, he just, I keep asking myself, like, why is he even up there? I, I don't know what uh, he's, I think he's trying. The only thing I think he's trying to do is maybe defend Trump's policies for him. No, I, I actually think Pence is trying to rewrite not rewrite, but defend his role in history and be like, hey, look, you know that wasn't my idea, right? The whole J6 thing, that wasn't me. That was Trump. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 think I, that, I don't think that he has any affiliation with J6. I don't think that. I think most people 
view no. his role of, of on J six is kind of hey he did because he, he he did the right thing he stood yeah, up yeah he he went against what Trump wanted which was swearing in uh or you know saying that that it was a lawful election but anywho yeah I thought uh. Man, I kind of, uh, Nikki Haley just, she came out so good, man. And she just stumbled over her own feet. Um, really bad look, especially, I don't know, man. It's because maybe I'm a little bit attached to Tim Scott now. Uh, I like him. I like his demeanor. Well, he's a very likable guy. So, so yep. punching, and, and Tim Scott's not winning, right? So when you go punch Tim Scott, yeah. what are you achieving? Right. I mean, you're just punching a guy who's not winning. Yeah. I mean, he has no chance. I'm not sure that any of these people have a chance. I'm about to read a couple of paragraphs in the Wall Street Journal. Okay. I'm not sure any of these people have a chance, but Tim Scott has no chance. But he's an incredibly likable guy who there's a lot going on there. You almost feel sorry for him, kind of. Um, I do a little bit. I have a suspicion that and it's been hinted at, and I always feel sorry for people in that spot. Um, but he's not winning. And for her, the one of the two, I mean, in my mind, there's two people on that, on that stage who have even a Cinderella. And I say that like an NCAA tournament standpoint, Cinderella shot at winning. And that's Haley and DeSantis. Yep. I don't think any of the others even resonate. I don't think they're even in the ballpark. They're not even going to make the tournament. No. And And, and I think of the two seeds. Yeah, of the two, I think DeSantis, DeSantis stock kind of went up last night, or or if it was nothing else, it just didn't fall. Um, you know, and and Nikki Haley. Here's I don't the, know. Maybe I may be wrong, dude. Give me your there may be Republicans that come give me your behind Nikki on Haley. Give me your thought on this. I want, I want your thought because this is this is my theory on this. Is it that DeSantis is running a bad campaign? Is it that DeSantis is not all that electable, or is it that? Donald Trump just takes all the damn oxygen and there's just not enough left for you to like, you know how like, okay, here's, I always like analogies because I'm stupid. And so I have to do analogies to paint the picture. I wouldn't classify you as stupid, but. Sometimes in the fall, in the spring, okay. In the spring, when it starts to get cool or when it starts to get warm enough, but it's still cold outside, we like to light our outdoor fireplace. It's one of our favorite things. I love the outdoor fireplace. I'll turn on the outdoor fireplace and turn on the NBA outside and pour a bourbon. And I'm, I'm really happy. I can watch some nuggets, spurs and, and, and I'm, I'm good. But a lot of times we just got a shipment of wood in. We, we have a guy that brings us wood and he'll tell us, Hey, this wood's kind of green, which means it's still kind of wet. Yep. And when you put it in and you, you're trying to get it going, you're trying to get it going. Real smoking. You hear it sizzling, like mm-hmm. boiling water because it's wet. Yeah. And the way that you feed the fire and get it going a little bit is that you save some of the wood from the fall that's now aged and dry. Yep. And you work it in with the wet wood. And before you know it, you've got a fire that's so go- going so well that you can add more wet wood and it's okay. You're going to hear the sizzle, but that's okay. But if you don't have any of the old wood, a lot of times you just can't get it going. Super smoky and it just won't go. It just doesn't, it just won't get hot enough to burn. Great analogy, dude. 
And so I wonder if DeSantis is the spring fire and we just don't have any of the old wood. And so he just can't get going. But if you were to take DeSantis and get if you were to get rid of Trump and put DeSantis in the fall, like we're waiting for the temperatures to cool off. Yep. A few weeks away. A few weeks away from, hey, you know what? It's it's going to be in the 50s tonight. And let's light a fire. Do we really need a fire? No, but I like the fire. Yeah. And it's it, it's comfortable. It's, hey, we'll we'll turn on a football game and we'll we'll light the fire and 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 uh, it'll be it'll be awesome. And you have the old wood that's been sitting on the stack all summer, and it's dry. And man, that that fire get going fast. I just kind of wonder if Desantis, if there were no Trump in this, would Desantis be more like the fall wood than he is the spring wood? That's a great analogy, dude. And I love, I love, I love analogies. Um, yeah. I mean, truth be told is I, I think you're on the right track, man, is you got to have a little bit of, a little bit of both and then enough heat to just sustain the, the green young wood. And I mean, and I think, you know, you look at, I, Trump I takes really like all Doug of the Burnham. old wood out of the stack. He takes it yeah. all out. And, and so nothing ever gains traction. So it's sometimes I don't even know everybody goes, DeSantis is awful. I'm like, mm, he's not really awful. I don't think it's bad. Mm, yeah, I don't, if there were I don't no, think he's awful. If Trump weren't in the race, I think a lot of people would be rallying around DeSantis. But because they Trump's in it, there's just this mass group of people that won't let go and I don't know if you know this, but for the first time last week, Trump became the betting favorite in Las Vegas. And for those of for you, the general, yes. And for those of you who don't gamble first, congratulations. <laughs> um, <laughs> second, Las Vegas doesn't care who wins the game. Yeah. They're, they they're known money. when the, when the Cowboys and the Patriots play on Sunday, Vegas doesn't care if Dallas wins or new England wins what Vegas wants is an equal amount of money put on the two sides so that they make their money. Yep. They're making Trump the betting favorite right now because Trump's in there as their people who analyze data. And that's what they do. They analyze data on games and such. They're analyzing this data and viewing that right now, Trump is the favorite. It's, it's a slight favorite, but the favorite nonetheless to win the election, which is remarkable. He apparently was never the betting favorite in 2016 or 2020. Well, I mean, I remember in 16, he definitely wasn't. He was definitely the dark horse. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I think we're, I think we're primed for, if there was, if there was something, and like you said the last time we talked, if something after this election year, I think we're getting primed for, for having an alternative that is not one or the other that represents the actual majority. I just, I don't know if we can ever get there. I hope we can get a run at it. You know, I hope so. Um, I worry. I've told you that. I don't worry for me. I'm 53. I worry. I worry for my kids. I do. I worry for my kids. I, we, we are, we are way too divisive of a country right now. I worry about next year. I do. I've, I've I had held out hope if I'm honest, have a, like a just a raw human moment with you. Yep. I think I'd held out hope 
until fairly recently that, you know what? Everybody's going to come to their senses. Biden's not going to run. This was idealistic of me. I'm I'm an idiot, probably. Biden's going to realize he's too old. People around him are going to go, hey, man, this this is crazy. Yeah. You can't do four more years of this. And that maybe there'd be a deal where Trump would just pull away and everybody would drop the charges. I mean, I guess I knew that wasn't going to happen, but I kind of hoped for it. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we were both having that hope initially. And, and instead, no matter what happens in this election, which is now closing in on a year away, we're 13 months. Yep. Next time you and I do a show together, it's going to be October. Um, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What we're closing in on is this really polarizing election, this crazy election year with Trump and all of his trials and, and, uh, Biden, who should be going to trial. There's an, the latest thing about the China money and the money getting sent to Biden's home in Delaware. And these people are trying to explain it away. Well, well, he was living with his parents. I'm like, stop. Yep. Stop. Yep. Um, if Any, anyone else is toast, give me a break. Right. Yep. So we have these two people who are either criminals or they're criminals. Um, they're running for president. They're too old. Most of America doesn't want this election. No, the majority, whoever loses, that side's not going to trust the outcome. Right. Hillary Clinton said that 
it was stolen from her in 2016. Donald Trump said it was stolen from him in 2020. And whoever loses this time is going to say it was stolen. And half the country is going to believe it was stolen. Well, dude, it's like, man, why can't we just vote? Why can't we just vote for something different? Um, and, but, and, and, but yet again, and, and I guess I'll go back to what DeSantis said, you know, polls don't elect presidents, uh, voters do. And I will say, man, you know, uh, economics or the economy is something that I'm, you know, obviously it's my livelihood and, and my, <clears throat> and my clients depend on, on us kind of understanding and trying to forecast and make adjustments in their portfolios based on, you know, what we think might happen. And man, we actually have a couple of really good candidates on the economy on that stage. And I mean, I realize and none of them are the front runners. Um, but you know, worst case scenario is like if some of those guys, if the Republicans win and some of those guys end up in, you know, cabinet posts that are, uh, really influential for the economy too. I mean, I, I would chalk that up to, to a win. I just, every, every debate that passes, I become a bigger, bigger and bigger Doug Burgum fan. And I might be a, <laughs> I might be all in on Doug Burgum, uh, at the, at the end of this, realizing that he is not ever going to be the, top of the ticket and he will very likely not be the the vice presidential candidate either but man if i'm putting my money where my mouth is he he and tim scott are are kind of my dudes and i don't i haven't read the foreign policy stuff on on doug burgum so i'm i'm just telling on myself putting that out there i've only i've only read half of his book um you know and and it's really been mostly on his what he's done in north dakota <clears throat> what his economic policy is. I mean, I know he's been really, really tough on border. I mean, he sent a ton of North Dakota, um, you know, guard, national guard down to the border to, you know, to help protect the border. Um, but we have, there's some good people up there. I just, you know, they're just not, they're not going to win the top of the ticket and they're not going to win the, <laughs> they're not going to get the vice president nomination either. And I mean, in Ramaswamy, um, I'm not real sure what his nah, purpose is in the whole thing. Feels like he's had his moment in the sun too. Yep. I mean, you know, yep. kind of had it, kind of had a splash. But there's, I think, more and more people listen to him, and it, it looks like he's just been studying popular yes. politicians and copying them. Yeah, and then even like his body language is very his finger movements that he make are very Trump like. Uh, the way he speaks is very polished, very refined. It sounds almost robotic. Um, I agree with you. I think he's, I think he is, uh, well, what do they call it in like therapy when you, uh, um, when you're like, in, like doing something that you've, uh, like mirroring, mirroring, that's what he's doing. He's oh. mirroring, uh, you know, I think he's just mirroring other politicians. I don't think he's he's authentic yet, and that's okay. I mean, he's really young. He's very young. Uh, yeah, he hasn't found his political. He hasn't been voting. tested yet. Yeah, he's yeah, not. Yeah. Come on, he's not ready to. He's got at least forty five years before he's going to be really ready to be president. He's, I don't know if anyone or, ever really is. It's funny. My mom is like, "He's Obama." I was like, "Mom, he is not Obama." Have you listened to anything that he said? She's like, "He's just silver tongue, smooth talk." I was like. He is that, but he is he is not Obama. I was like, if anything, he opens his mouth and Trump falls out of his mouth. You know, what I hate about what's happening this time, this cycle, both ways, is that there's no 
with 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 no Trump on the debate stage and no Biden on the debate stage, either way. One because his handlers don't want him there. One because he has such a lead in his mind, and he probably doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a smart political move. It, yeah, but it's it, it's it not is. good for the country. But it is. But it's not good for democracy. No, I don't. Yeah, that's the word, democracy. Yeah, we, yeah. I want to. I want to hear Joe Biden have a debate I do too. with Robert Kennedy Jr. Yeah, I do too. You know, I and want Gavin Newsom. I, yes. Well, and, and Newsom clearly seems to be doing one of two things: either, hey, I'm just going to hang tight, wait four years. Now he is, he is coming off of some of his super radical stances to a place where I'm like, oh, he's not. Like, what is the deadline here? Like, how wh- how late is too late? You know. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to see I'd like to see Trump and DeSantis have a debate. You know, DeSantis challenged Donald Trump last night. Says, you know, yeah. you 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 attack me from a keyboard, but <laughs> you don't do it to my face. That's right. It's it's valid. You know, and one one of the things that the moderators did say, which I also thought was really valid for trump if he would have been on that stage he would have just like you said earlier he would have sucked so much air out of the room that we it would i mean last night was chaos it would have been even more chaos like even last night i was i was having to force myself to pay attention yeah because it just sounded like uh you know like the what's the snoopy uh the teacher on the peanuts that's like yeah a large part of the debate just sent, there was so much chaos and people talking over each other. Like even I, I have a caption, the captions on the TV. I, I read everything. Uh, I started that with game of Thrones cause I couldn't understand what they were saying. And uh, the captions just said inaudible, inaudible, inaudible. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh. I mean, and that's what it was. It was inaudible for so much of the, <clears throat> so much of the debate. But I mean, the economy, I, I was really interested in, uh, you know, and that's where I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep focusing on what are these candidates, you know, offering to us from an economic standpoint. I think that's probably my strength for talking on the show, um, you know, but I think foreign policy stuff matters. I think the, you know, uh, border patrol, you know, immigration matters. Um, and, you know, one of the things that, I'm really interested to hear all of their views on Ukraine uh, <clears throat> with regard to Russia. Yep. And <clears throat> some of them have made it known, but but some not so much. Yeah. I mean, look, we have some economic things that are happening. This is, this is part of what's yeah. really interesting in this is that history, and I think Donald Trump is such a polarizing figure that he might actually defy history. But historically, incumbent presidents uh, who run during strong economic times win big, and incumbent presidents who run during bad economic economic times are kicked out of office. Yeah, that's historically what happens. Yeah, and if you do the old Ronald Reagan slash Neil uh, comment of. Are you better off today than you were four years ago? Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know very many people that can say yes, especially like middle class. Trump's problem is that he's got to make people remember 2019 and not 2020. Correct. 
True. Because he bungled 2020. True. He did. He bungled it. And it was him. You can't blame the government shutdown on Joe Biden. You can't. You can't blame the 15 days to slow the curb or 15 days to curb the virus or whatever on yeah. Joe Biden. Can't do it. He wasn't president. Yeah. On the flip side, we're about to have a government shutdown. Uh, the border issue is completely out of control. It's it's nuts. People are very upset about it. Uh, oil is near a hundred dollars. Yep. Uh, shale. Oh, is- dude, that was that was another thing they did talk a good. They talked a decent amount about energy policy last night. It's, and, it's a major issue. It's, and it's oh, a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. Biden. And listen, if, if people yeah. are going to the pump. Doug Bergham beat the, the crap out of them on it. And I loved it. I loved it. Anyway, if, continue. If people, yeah, it's, you're good. If people going to the pump next summer are paying four bucks a gallon, Biden's in trouble. Because people vote with their pocketbooks. If, well, I mean, dude, in California, it's already six and seven a gallon. Yeah, so if in you know, middle and I realize like we're in Mississippi and it's you know three twenty three three twenty to three fifty depending on where you are in the state. Uh, we're we're not far Street, from it, man. Wall Street Journal: U.S. oil prices soared Wednesday to their highest level in more than a year. Most yep. frackers plan to stay on the sideline. Surging global demand coupled with output cuts by Saudi Arabia and Russia have sent crude prices to levels not seen since last August. The increase is hitting consumers at the pump, vexing policymakers' fight against inflation, and posing new challenges for President Biden ahead of the 2024 election. Though some analysts say oil prices could soon hit $100 a barrel, U.S. shale companies aren't rushing to drill more. That means that unlike in past years, when frackers flooded the market with crude and alleviated pressure, oil prices might remain elevated until someone else adds production or demand ebbs in the Permian basin of New Mexico and West Texas, the most active oil field in the nation. The number of rigs drilling for crude as of last week had declined by about 12% to 314 since the end of April, according to oil field services company, Baker Hughes, even as U S oil prices jumped by about $13 a barrel over that same period. Some oil executives said most of the shale industry plans to stand pat even as global oil prices increase further. Most shale companies have vowed to hand over their winnings from high energy prices to investors via share buybacks and dividends. They also face pressure from inflation and high interest rates. Last paragraph. If you think about capital efficiency and you want to make sure you're thinking long-term about your business, moving drilling rigs up and down a lot is not a good idea, said Jack Williams, a senior vice president at ExxonMobil. So yeah. again, you and I talked about this. I always said, "Hey, the fall goes fast, and look out—it is. We're we're already in October, basically." Yep. And You're so, correct. you know, what is Sunday, October first? Yeah, we're, we're here. Yep. We're here, man. October's here, and so you know we're what's in Q four. October's going to fly right by, right? And then we're going to get into November, and we're going to have the holidays and maybe Christmas, uh, yeah. and we're yeah. going to look up, and it's going to be January, and it's going to be the primaries and these goofy ass trials and. All this stuff. And if people are going to the pump in Michigan and in Ohio and in Wisconsin and in Arizona and in North Carolina and Georgia and they're paying four fifty a gallon, they're gonna lose it. People are 
you you can't say, hey, inflation's down if it costs a hundred dollars to fill up your car. Right. Yep. I mean, and you're you're hundred percent, man. I mean, and, and if we have a lot of pain in twenty four, uh it's gonna be hard for Biden to hang on, man. It, it is. And and you know, he he he's went to the the worker strike, UAW worker strike. He struck with them first modern president to stand on the picket line to, to and he referred to them as we which was probably smart politics but those people those people are getting hurt and if they're and, and they're they're worried about their jobs why are they worried about their jobs well because yeah. there's this push to go electric 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 right electric. even though the infrastructure is not in place to go electric it's nowhere close to in place to go electric and no one's even talking about what you have to do to produce the batteries to go electric. We, oh, yeah. Well, that's a we, China beneficiary right there, too. We're in chaos. And so you're killing those people's jobs. So you can say, yep. I'm with you. But if you're taking their jobs away, are you really? Well, then this is where I think Ramaswamy has been the most outspoken. And, you know, because like last night, Vivek was saying, you know, drill, get more oil, burn more coal, burn more coal you know, uh, have more nuclear facilities as an option. And, and he, it's the only thing that makes sense. Electric does not make sense. It just doesn't. This, I've said this for a long time. If, if you want to have an honest conversation about energy moving forward and you're not willing to talk about nuclear, right. We're, we're not, not even having an honest conversation. We're not yeah. serious. We're not serious. There you go. That's the right way to say it. We're not serious. You're just bullshitting. You're just talking. You're doing political points and you're doing the green thing because the green thing makes a lot of people feel good. And dude, and nuclear is clean though. I mean, cleaner than anything else. And and it's most easily produced. Correct. It can be uh, massively produced. It's clean. It's cheap. It is an, it is an alternative to fossil fuels. By the way, fossil right. fuels don't come from fossils. Stupid. Um, the idea that we're running out of fossil fuel, that we're running, is it's absurd. And again, and, and if the rest of the globe isn't doing this, then we're just doing it to ourselves. Right. I mean, I agree with that. And so, I mean, I'm, I, I keep this, this, I think, I know it's broken record stuff. It's why I get so frustrated a little bit with all of it is that instead of having a debate about substance, we have debates about people. Agreed. And you saw that last night. I mean, what's so it makes you wonder what happens when these two octogenarians get on the stage? They absolutely hate each other as they probably should. One's going to stumble through some words about January 6th. The other one's going to call a sitting United States president, Crooked Joe. Which is true. I mean, he ain't wrong, but <laughs> so are we? It's like, oh, meanwhile, man. I look at it and go, well, let me tell you what my concern is, Mr. Presidents. I'd like to know that my children, if they work hard and they're successful, that they'll be able to buy a house and afford a house and afford a life and afford to raise children and to live the American dream and to prosper without yeah. paying 60% of their money to taxes so that we can have shiny electric vehicles all over the place, even though they don't really work and there's nowhere to charge them. Yeah. I mean, cause dude, you think about the taxation of a dollar 
And I think that's what that dude, uh, the song, the Richmond, <clears throat> Richmond, North of Richmond. Yes. Really kind of illustrated was, you know, making people think about, Hey, it's the taxes don't end at the paycheck. Then you're using your taxed paycheck to buy stuff that has sales tax and pay a note on a house where you pay property tax on something that you own. And I like, I realize that we have to have, we have to support our infrastructure and things like I'm not, I'm not at all advocating a no taxes. Um, but yeah, I mean, you probably, if you think about how, 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 how far does a dollar actually get divided on taxes? Uh, it would not surprise me at all if, if it was north of 75 to 80 cents of the dollar was actually going into the government pocketbook in, in some form of taxes after yeah, it that, gets, goes through the cycle a couple times. And that leads to a question I also want answered. How much money are we actually sending to Ukraine? Tell us. It's our money. Yeah. How much are we sending to Ukraine and why? Is this thing anywhere close to an end? Is anything yeah, I think, achieved? Is this, or is this, that was, is this the latest forever war? And that was one of the, I think that was one of the questions that, that Tim Scott fumbled a little bit, Nikki Haley, you know, when she was pressure, pressing him on, why are we sending money to Ukraine? And he's like, well, it's really a loan. We're not really sending it to him. And I'm like, no, it's not Tim, a loan. Tim, not a come loan. on, dude. No, we're, we're, we're funding their pensions. We are, we're funding a lot of their small businesses. And, and this isn't about Ukraine, Russia. If, if someone can convince me this is because this is a way to prevent World War III, I'm listening, but right. we're doing that while our country's going into chaos. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of <clears throat> not very different from W's, you know, <clears throat> push into Iraq and Afghanistan and, you know, looking for the weapons of mass destruction, which we never found. Uh, that, if we're being very honest with each other, that was all about us securing resources. Yes. And it I mean, felt like it was, if we're being honest, it felt like it was Bush, his, it was Bush's personal war. Yep. Or Cheney's yep. personal war, whoever, his administration. And with yep. this, I mean, sometimes I'll be honest, I can't help but think, are we doing all of this because we we're afraid that if we don't, uh, they'll reveal all the goods on Biden, Obama, yeah. whoever. I don't know, Bush, Clinton. I don't know how I don't know how far back it goes. I don't know. Beats me. Yep. What is this about? It's it's about like it's it's we can't ever get the truth, and it's all you feel like that's that scene in, in uh, a few good men, right? Where they, well, you can't handle the truth. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Ukraine is just our mistress, and we don't want our wife to find out. Yeah, it's kind of that. It's a great analogy. Yes. Oh, hey, she. It's every time she says, "Hey, I need thousand yeah. bucks here." Here. And you take yeah. it out of some account that you hope she doesn't see. Yep. Because you're and and you're just lying on top of lying. Before you know it, you've lied so much that you don't even remember what the first lie was. Yep. Now hundred percent. And now we're just funding this. Yeah. Now we don't even know why we're doing it. Yeah. Uh, we're just pure blackmail at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably right. So. I hope Secret Service doesn't show up at our house. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, that's the other. Like, there was the journalist that got prosecuted for basically doing his job, but he didn't do it the way they wanted it done. Mm. That's the scary stuff, right? Is like I heard. I'll give you an example. We'll stop. We'll stop with this. But this is an example. When he said it, I knew what he meant, but I was like, man, is anybody listening to this guy? Sam Pittman, the Arkansas football coach, yeah, earlier this week, was talking about getting off of social media. And he was talking about a lot of things. I'll summarize very quickly. 
They lost to BYU a couple weeks ago at home. Uh, their fans took it remarkably well, as you would expect. And um, at one point, the punter, kid from Australia, had a 10-yard punt. For those of you who aren't football fans, that's really bad. Um, shanked it. 10 yards, gave BYU good field position, they scored. And the punter got a lot of messages on social media that weren't exactly supportive. Mm-hmm. And Pittman, the coach in Arkansas, said that he was talking to the punter on Monday. And he's like, hey, what's wrong? Tell the kid was really down. And he said social media. And they started having a conversation about social media and how bad it was or whatever. And and Sam Pittman, in his commentary about getting off of social media, said, you know, Sam Pittman, for those of you who don't know, is kind of a heavyset guy. Got a, he's got a large chest and people make fun of his chest. And for anybody hand raised who has battled that, it's a sensitive topic. And um, even though he makes a lot of money and he's a successful football coach, he's still a person. And there was a, there was a thing that week about, Hey, for every 1000 retweets, I'll make his chest bigger. And, he was commenting on, you know, he doesn't mind when people criticize his coaching, but he hates when people criticize him. Right. The human. And in it, he said, you know, as a football coach, you can't, you can't have political beliefs. You can't whatever, whatever. And I thought, isn't that crazy that because you coach football, a game, Again. you're not allowed to have a political belief. And I thought, no, you are allowed, Sam, to have a political belief, but only if it's one way. If it's one way in today's culture, we celebrate it. And if it's another way, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a homophobe. When all he might be saying is like something like as simple as, I don't know, I'm kind of pro-life. I would like to see less government. Yep. Would like to see um, lower taxes. I would like to see us focus on the border. I'd like to see us really focus on legal immigration. I'd like whatever, whatever the case may be, right? I'd like, I'd like for us to uh, look into nuclear energy. Just because he's a football coach, he, 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 I would, I would assume there's more to his mind than just football. Than just football, yeah. I'm sure that he's, he's most. I'm sure he's mostly football, but I, I would I would guess that there are times that he is like you or me, where it's like, hey, I'd like I'd love to talk about something else. I do think about other things, you know. I mean, I'm I'm guessing he can't. We're at that place in our society already where you can't have a civil conversation about something political without losing your your job. It's not a good place to be. Agreed. I keep Agreed. waiting for us to draw that back. That's just exercising your First Amendment. I, I don't mean, I don't mean being nasty. No, I don't like nasty political views either. Where you're like, you know, if if you think something, whatever. What are you saying? It just when he said that, I thought, man, nobody's even going to catch that because they're just going to talk about the Arkansas football coach getting off Twitter. Yep, they're not going to say, hey, this guy doesn't believe that he doesn't believe that he could ever express a political opinion, even a mild political opinion. Can't in- endorse a candidate. Can't do anything. <clears throat> All because it'll cost him, cost him, uh, you know, reputation or potentially a job. Yeah, I kind of thought that was 
it's kind of that way in our industry too, man. I mean, we're not supposed to, we're supposed to be very agnostic politically Yeah, because I have clients on both sides, but, uh, and <clears throat> I think our listeners probably have figured out that I'm, yeah. uh, you know, but, but at the end of the, the day, right at the end of the day, I want to know if I invest with, if I invest my retirement with you, you're not going to punish me. You ain't going to go after my retirement and sabotage my retirement because I have a different political view on a topic. Oh, no. I mean, I do because I have clients all over the political spectrum. Of course. So. And your job is to help protect their retirement and help them grow where they can retire and, and, and that's right. be happy. And that's nothing to do with politics. You can disagree with somebody and still care for them. True fact. I and mean, I do. Yeah, of course. It's just. And I, I guess I'll finish with this. That's my point, right? Is that we. I have a feeling that most people share that view. Yeah. That there's yeah, I would I would agree with that. Most people are reasonable. And yet we're having this most unreasonable election cycle that is the most unreasonable election cycle that I can ever remember. I mean, yep. cuz the extremes have the bullhorn. Yeah. And they don't want they don't want these conversations to happen. Right. Yeah, it has to be us versus them. It can't yeah. be we yeah. Us first them. It's no crazy. we. It's crazy. All right, we'll wrap there. It's mypinwealth.com. Right, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. You guys have a wonderful weekend. We uh, always appreciate you listening. We'll be back, I assume, next week. I, I think that's our... I, think that's I have our, a... I'm going to be at a conference next week okay. where I will not have access to tech at all. So, all right. so we will uh, have a... We'll be back in two weeks then. Um, yeah. And we, we need to talk about that because that two weeks... No, two weeks is good. It's the cool. week, three weeks from now, we need to maybe do a different thing because I might. Cool. Yeah. And I mean, and for next week, if you want to do an earlier in the week show, we could. I'm okay. good. All right. We'll so, talk about it. We'll talk. <laughs> it's funny we're talking about this on air, but. Yeah. We'll be back soon with another cool. edition of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle. Until then, uh, have a great weekend. Please stay safe. Take care. Talk to you soon.